Psalm 63. Psalm 63. We'll be reading verse 1 to verse 8. Verse 1. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live, I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed, and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. And let's bow for prayer. Our Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Uh, Lord, as George mentioned earlier, may it be you speaking. May it be the message speaking. And Lord, uh, move me out of the way so that uh, the word of God can be uh, heard and uh, clear as a bell. And that no, no words would be missed, no words would fall to the ground, but that, Lord, your word would go forth and accomplish its purpose. Again, we want to lift our pastor up in prayer as he's in Alabama. Uh, please refresh him and anoint him. Lord, continue to use him in a mighty way in this church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So I've entitled my uh, sermon tonight, Quiet Time Alone. Quiet Time Alone. This is my favorite subject to speak on. I love quiet time alone. Quiet time alone with God is the most important time that you'll ever have during your day. If you'll note, some of your Bibles may or may not have this. Uh, Right underneath Psalm 63, it says, A Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. We read here that David penned this psalm down while he was in the wilderness of Judah. This is possibly the place that we find in 1 Samuel 22.5. If you'll please turn there with me, 1 Samuel 22.5. Throughout the evening, we will be using the Bible very much. 1 Samuel 22.5. If you'll turn there, just look at that with me. This is in regard to Psalm 63. 1 Samuel 22.5. And the prophet Gad said unto David, Abide not in the hold, depart, and get thee into the land of Judah. Then David departed and came into the forest of Hareth. So this is possibly the place that David penned down Psalm 63. As you may know the story with David, David is running for his life from the hand of King Saul. Saul wants to kill him. Saul is jealous. Saul wants to destroy David. David is to be king next after Saul. And yet David chooses not to kill God's anointed. Uh, David had that opportunity. And yet David chooses not to kill King Saul. What I want us tonight to see where David drew his strength. David had a godlike strength. David had uh, a superior strength. That unless a believer is born again, cannot obtain this strength. I want us to see tonight how David persevered through his hardships and trials. We all go through hardships and trials. We all go through them. I go through them. Pastor goes through them. We all go through hardships and trials. David, even having his own life sought after him, 
needed strength. I want us to see tonight David's relationship with God. Now, I would venture to guess that David had several periods of time alone with the Lord, even as a uh, soldier, even as a warrior, even as a king, that David had times alone with God. One of the biggest reasons I believe David made it through his many difficulties was because of his quiet time alone with the Lord. There are some things in this life that will pass away. Your health, your friends, your co-workers, your wealth. Things in this life will pass away. You name it, it will probably pass away. Your car, definitely. This pulpit, definitely. Everything in this earth will pass away one day. But your relationship with God is forever. Your fellowship with God is forever. You think that as soon as you get to heaven, it's all over, it's all done? Scripture says, and this is eternal life, that we may know thee, Jesus Christ, that we may know him. Our fellowship and our time with God will never cease. We will spend all of eternity loving, worshiping, and serving our master, our creator. Your time alone with God, your time with God will never pass away. You are God's child, and he has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, verse 5 tells us. So let us look into the topic tonight of having a quiet time alone with God. Again, this is vital to your Christian life. For without your time with the Lord, you are fruitless. You are without strength. You are without victory. Um, What father does not spend time with their son or daughter? What married wife, what married husband does not spend time with their spouse? I believe this is the utmost importance of the Christian life. For it is by which we draw strength and courage to fight battles and to find peace and comfort. So let us jump right into the lesson. Number one, the importance of a quiet time alone with God. Why is it important? You tell me. Why is time with God, you and God together, why is that important rhetorically? Why is that important? Is it because you're commanded to? Is it because you are forced to? Is it because you are manipulated to? Why do you spend time with God? Do you understand what you're doing when you spend time with God? Do you understand what are the benefits of spending time with God? Do any of you know? Do any of you see the significance of reading your Bible? Do any of you see the significance of praying? Do any of you see the significance of coming to church? Why is it important? Why should we spend time with God? Well, I'm glad you asked, because we're going to jump right into letter A. God himself wants to fellowship with you. Turn to Isaiah chapter 1, please. Isaiah chapter 1. God wants to fellowship with you. He wants to fellowship with me. That's why we are created to fellowship with him. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Our creator desires time with us. Our creator desires an intimate relationship with us. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now and let us reason together. Note the words. Come now and let us reason together. That's why God never gives up on us. God never gives up on us. No matter, no matter what we do, no matter how far we go, I get the sense that God doesn't give up on us. 
I get the sense that in my shortcomings, in my uh, fallen sin, God still cares about me. What happened with the prodigal? What happened with the prodigal? He left his father. He said, give me all the money that belongs to me. I'll take it all. And then he goes and spends it. And then he is now down in the dumps, feeding with the pigs. And he was so hungry, he wanted everything that the pigs had to eat. So he left, God, he left the father to go to be in the slums. But yet, he remembers, hey, I have a father who cares about me. And so do you, Christian. You have a father that cares about you. I have a father that cares about me. God wants to fellowship with you. God desires to fellowship with you. I think part of the reason why we don't see it, I think part of the reason why it's so cloudy in our minds is because we've allowed little sins into our lives. We've allowed little things to hinder us from our walk with God. Come now and let us reason together. When's the last time you reasoned with the Lord and said, Lord, you know what? This is not right in my life. I've been hiding it, (laughs) hiding it from God. That's funny. You can't hide anything. But you've been hiding something from the Lord. But God says, come on, let's reason together. Let's sit down and talk together. Boy, I love that. Sayeth the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God wants to wash away your sin. God wants to wash away my sin. And thank God for that. Thank God for the mercy and forgiveness of God. What father doesn't want fellowship with their child? Turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. We have the Old Testament. Now we have the New Testament. See what the New Testament says about fellowshipping with God. God wants to fellowship with us. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come unto me. All ye that labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Don't you want the rest from God? Have you ever felt what it, you ever felt the rest of God? Have you? Have you? Where your soul is just, oh, look up here for a second. You see in the background, there's a calm, peaceful river back there. And I know some of you want to go in that river and fish, but you can't. You can't. But that's what I envision when I think of peace, when I think of stillness, when I think of God's rest. He wants, he wants to bring you to those waters. God wants to bring that rest in your soul. That's what, that, that's what happens when you have your quiet time alone with God. That's what happens. Letter B. Not only does God himself want to fellowship with us, letter B, he wants to communicate. With him. He wants us to communicate with him. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Why is it important to spend time with him? Because God himself wants to fellowship with you. Why is it important to have a quiet time with him? Because it's how we communicate to him. Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse 5, please. Matthew 6, verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, 
enter into thy closet. And when thou shut thy door, note the words, pray to thy father. Pray to thy father, which seeth in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. If there is no communication, the relationship, guess where it goes? It doesn't go this way. It goes down this way. Try, you're married. Try not speaking to your spouse. For days, for a couple hours, what would happen? Little by little, it'll start to go. Little by little, start to go down. Uh, you have a grandson. You have a son. You have a daughter. You have a child. You have nieces, nephews. And they want your attention, but yet you refrain from speaking. You refrain from talking. You refrain from communicating. What's going to happen, Brother Kai? It's going to start to go a little bit downhill. If you don't talk to your Heavenly Father, you're going to feel that, abs- uh, that uh, absence of, present, uh, of God's presence in your life. You're going to feel that absence. Turn to Psalm. Psalm chapter 5. Psalm chapter 5. There's no communication in a marriage. It will not last long. We don't communicate with him. Boy, he sure does miss us when we don't communicate. Psalm chapter 5. We're going to see what David said. What did David uh, say in Psalm 5, 3? Psalm chapter 5, verse 3. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the, say the next word. I will direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. This idea of quiet time with God. How important is time alone, secluded, quiet time with God to you? How important is that to you? Do you put it to any high esteem, high regard? Or is it left last minute? Because I'm telling you, we don't, we don't get to the, I don't get to the place of here by just fleshly pursuits. Um, I need to spend time with God. You need to spend time with God. If I need to spend time with God and you expect me to spend time with God as a Christian, all of us need to spend time with our creator. And we're all family here, by the way. I don't look at Cheryl and say, she's not part of my family. I don't look at Jason and say, No, we're all family. We serve the same God. We all have the same Heavenly Father. And so all of us, we need to have that time with God. It's important. Not only is it the way we communicate with Him, but letter C, it's how we stay humble. It's how we stay humble. Turn to James chapter 4, please. We're going to look at each verse that is on the PowerPoint. Each verse. So turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. God himself wants to fellowship with us. It's how we communicate to him. And it's how we stay humble. This is why it's important to have a quiet time with God. It's how we stay humble. James chapter 4, look at verse 8, please. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Hmm. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. If we draw nigh to God, you know what will happen? 
we will see more of how sinful we really are. The more we draw closer to the light, the more our sin is exposed. I want to draw closer to him. I want my sin to be exposed. And when I humble myself before the Lord, my sin is exposed. My flaws are exposed. My shortcomings are exposed. And you know what it leads me to? Repentance. It leads me to confession. It leads me to me wanting more of the Lord. That's what it drives me to. First Peter chapter 5, please. Turn there. Humility, don't forget, is how we get God's attention. Humility is how we get God's attention. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but unless you have a prideful heart, I want God's grace. I want God's grace. 1 Peter chapter 5, look at verse 5, please. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, but gives grace to the, say the next word, humble. Verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And I love this next verse. I love the Bible, by the way. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Casting your care upon him. God cares for you. He cares about your needs. He cares about what's going on in your life. So why is it important to spend time with God alone? It's because it's how we stay humble. It's how we stay humble. When you're alone, when everything's quiet, when you're with God, God will start to reveal things to you. He'll start to show you your sin. He'll start to show you where you're wrong. He'll start to reveal to you what you need to become more and more like Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. I want to be more like Jesus. If I want to serve, I want to be like Jesus. If I want to serve in the bus, I, I need to be like Jesus. If you want to love your wife, if you want to love your husband, if you want to be a better dad, a better mom, a better servant, you name it, you name it. Don't you want to be like Jesus? I sure do. Now, let's see, now that we've seen the importance of fellowshipping with God, let us now look at the necessity of having a quiet time alone with God. So point number two, the necessity of a quiet time alone with God. Turn to 1 Peter. You might be there already, 1 Peter. Letter A, when in times of trial. When when we're in in trial, we need God. It shouldn't be a trial that drives us to God, but... At all times we should need God. But during trials we need the Lord. Look at verse 6. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. He cares for you at all times. He cares for me at all times. Isn't that great? God cares for you at all times. At all times. I love that. I love that. Please turn to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Why do we need a quiet time alone with God? Trials will come. Trials, tribulations, hardships, they're going to come your way. If you're at the mountaintop, the valley's coming. 
Psalm 23, verse 3. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Note the words, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Yes, God comforts. During my tribulation, during my trial, I need God's comfort. Brother George, when you have a back problem, a backache, you need God. I need God. Well, it's funny because I do have back problems now, and so I do need him. I mean, I injured my back a little bit ago, so I do need the Lord. need him to help me to heal, heal that thing. Letter B, when in times of thirsting. Psalm 63. Please turn there. Psalm 63. When in times of thirsting. Jesus is known as the living waters. And he always satisfies. Psalm 63, verse 1. Back to our original text. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul, what's the next word? Thirsteth. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh, what's the next word? Longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Boy, when's the last time your soul just thirsted for God? You were so dry inside that you couldn't wait to spend time with God because you were so dry. And then God met that need of the living waters in your life. When in times of thirsting... Think of verse 7, same chapter, Psalm 63. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth, what's the next word? Hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. Your soul communicates with the Lord. Does your soul follow hard after God? does it I want it to and to be honest at times if it doesn't to be honest at times I have to ask myself what's going on but this is why we're here to find out what the importance of spending time with God is what the necessity is later we're going to look at the finishing thought of the implementation but let's continue so let her be when times of thirsting when times of thirsting. Letter C, when in times of needing answers. Turn to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33, 3. Jeremiah 33, 3. Do you need answers to your problems? Do you need answers to your situations? Do you need answers to your circumstances? Whatever the case may be, financially, work, health, home, family, you need answers? Well, let's look into Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Flip over to Psalm 86. Psalm 86. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is yes. And then other times the answer is my grace is sufficient for thee. We need to be just like the the woman who needed um, bread 
for the guest that came over, and she wouldn't stop banging on the door after being told, go back to bed. I can't help you. You need to be just like that uh, woman, knocking and seeking and asking the Lord for help, for answers. Psalm 86, verse 7, In the day of my trouble I will call upon thee, for thou wilt, what's the next two words? Answer me. In the day of my trouble I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. I want God to answer me. Whether it be a no, yes, or a wait. I want God. I want to know that I am in tune with the Lord. I want to know that. Lastly, number three. Tonight, let's look into the implementation of a quiet time with God. So now, how do we put this into practice? Number three. The implementation of a quiet time. Let's look at letter A. It must be quiet. Hmm. That didn't catch any of you by surprise, did it? Look at Psalm 4, please. Psalm 4. Psalm 4. Now, when it comes to having your time with God, you ought to spend time with God throughout your day. It shouldn't just be secluded to one particular time frame. It should be throughout your day. But there is just something a little bit special when you take 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever the case may be, whatever the time frame may be, that you have that time with God and it's special and it's sweet and it's precious to you where God can speak to you and then you can speak to God and then you can just meditate and mull over whatever God has given you. There ought to be that time in your life where you have that set aside, where it's quiet, where you can be alone with God. Psalm 4, look at verse 4, please. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your own bed and be still. Be still, Selah. Turn to Psalm 46. So your time with God must be quiet. We have to get rid of the distractions. When I spend time with God, on a personal note, I try to keep this far from me. Try to keep it away from me. Because this is a distraction. Books are distractions. TVs, they're distractions. Yea, even family members can be distractions. What we need to do is away with it. Get rid of it. Uh, Whatever the case may be for you. A cell phone. A tablet. A book. Whatever the case for you, just insert the word. Might be food. Insert. Might be beverages. Insert. Might be electronics. Insert. Get it away. Needs to be out of your vicinity. Needs to be quiet. It needs to be quiet. Look at verse 10 of Psalm 46. Did I have you turn there? Did I have you turn there? Thank you. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Be still. Just like the water's there. Boy, look at those waves. Boy, boisterous. Vicious out there. Sorry, it's still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. 
Now, besides Joe, none of you have seen my outline. Would anyone like to guess what my next point is? So it must be quiet. It must be alone. Thank you. It must be alone. It must be by yourself. You say, but Jesus sent them out two by two. He sent them out for soul winning two by two. Yes, he did. What did Jesus do at times? He went apart alone to pray. He went alone. He was by himself. He had to exclude himself from the disciples, from the multitude, from the crowd. Turn to Matthew chapter 14. So where is this biblical precedent? Where is this biblical principle of being alone as we spend time with God? Well, if you have been reading your Bible, you'll find that Jesus had to be alone. Matthew 14:23, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there. What's the next word? Alone. It's not bad to be alone. But for the sole purpose of praying to your Father, which seeth in secret. While I was in Bible college, I had the blessing, because it was a blessing. I had the blessing and privilege of getting away with my Bible with a songbook, and being away from the noise, being away from the other college students, being away from the phone, whatever else distracted me. And I had my quiet time alone with God every day. It was the best time ever. I'm telling you, time alone with God does not compare to any other relationship here on earth because you're alone with your Creator. You're alone with your master. You're alone with someone who loves you so much. It's, it's, just, it's just something you need to do. If you're not doing it now, get into the habit of, honey, I'm going to this room. I'm going to put this away. This is not going to be a distraction. I need to have my quiet time with God. It's important. It's important. Luke chapter 9, verse 18. Luke chapter 9. I pause, I give you time to turn there. It's important to use the scriptures. As you know, Rachel teaches the teen girls, I teach the teen boys, and sometimes I have to ask the teen boys, I said, I'm glad you came to church, but what's one thing you're missing from your hands? And they go, what? I said, you come to church, you're going to bring a Bible, right? And they go, yeah, but they always forget it. They always forget it. When you come to church, bring the scriptures. Luke chapter 9, verse 18. And it came to pass as he was, what's the next word? Alone, praying. His disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? Jesus was alone when he prayed. It'll be a good habit for us to get into to pray quietly, alone, with God. With God. Lastly, Let's look at the last point. Let her see. Not only must it be quiet, not only must it be alone, but it also must be meditative. Meditative. Psalm 63. Psalm 63, back to our original text. Psalm 63. 
Not only is the time alone with God important, but it's also the quality of the time that you have with him. If you find that you're all discombobulated in your mind, take some time. Just breathe. Just pray. Just tell God what's going on. And then when you get into the book, when you get into the scriptures, find something to meditate on. Find something to carry you through the day. Find something to just say, man, I tasted the Lord this morning. He is sweet. He is sweet. Psalm 63, verse 6. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. We're going to look at another scripture verse after this, but we're supposed to meditate day and night. Not only in the night, but in the day. Joshua 1.8, please turn there. Joshua 1.8, this will be the last verse we look at tonight. Joshua 1.8. It's important, this time alone with God. For without this, I believe we are without strength. I believe that when we choose not to spend time with him, we are choosing to have a bad day. When we choose not to spend time with him, we are choosing our own fleshly desires. Verse 8 of Joshua 1. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success meditating in God's word. I always think when I hear of meditate, I always think of the cow. Chews and eats the grass and then mulls over it, chews it, spits it out, eats it, chews it, spits it out, chews it, eats it, spits it out. (laughs) You get the idea. What are we supposed to do with God's word? We're not only supposed to read the black and white print on the pages and then see you later, God. That's not how it works, Christian. Christian, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to read the word of God. You're supposed to write something down. You're supposed to carry it with you throughout the day. So that next time someone aggravates you, you say, perfect peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Right? Right? Um, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. You should have something to say. You know what? I'm not going to let that bother me because I have, I'm meditating on God's word. I'm meditating on God's word. It's important that we do that. We have time with God so that we can hear from him. And when he gives us something, we need to use that. We need to start chewing on that. We need to start thinking about that. We need to start getting ourselves in that deep understanding, that deep just, uh, absorption of God's word. It's important that we have that. You want strength? Do you find yourself failing? Do you find yourself being cast down? Well, then let's look back to your quiet time with God. How is it? Are you spending a minute with God? Okay. You can only do a minute. Let's do two minutes. You can only do two minutes. Let's keep going. Let's try to be better at this. If we as individuals can commit to at least 30 minutes in prayer and scripture reading, I think we'll be better off. I think our day will go a whole lot better. I think our day will be a whole lot brighter. Not that we're looking for a brighter day because trials will come, but I believe we're, gonna, we're here to honor the Lord and so we want to honor him by spending time with him. Again, what father doesn't want to spend time with their daughter? What father doesn't want to spend time with their son? 
what uh, spouse, man or woman, you know, not spending uh, time with each other. And so how could you not spend time with God? Jesus did it. Are you any better than our master? Whatever time you can commit each morning, afternoon or evening, to walking with God, you will be rooted and grounded in his love. Do you want to be rooted in Christ? Do you want to be rooted in his love? Do you want to have that time with God that is so precious? I want to. I believe everyone in this room, you want to spend time with God. You want to have God as the forefront focus of your mind and your life. I don't think there's a person here who says, spending time with God, for what? No, I believe all of us want that. And so, I believe if you take these truths, if you take these points, you start implementing them. And if you haven't done 30 minutes, if you haven't done an hour, start with 10 minutes. No one here is going to say, you just spent five minutes with God? How, How could you? I could see your spiritualness showing through. It's very, very bleak. No one here is going to do that. We're all co-laborers together with God. I co-labor with you. You co-labor with me. We hold each other's hands as we raise our hands and say, to God be the glory. Right? And so we try to help each other out. We're a family. So it's important. My quiet time alone with God. How's your quiet time? Again, we're not limited to just 30 minutes. You spend time with God throughout the day. And that's part of that meditation. But I believe there is something even special by just being quiet, getting alone, and being one-on-one with your Heavenly Father. So the challenge for you this week How's your quiet time with God? Is it precious or is it lacking? Is it wanting or is it glorious?